And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Welcome back to The Tempest 2 podcast. We've, we've had a week off. Sorry, guys. Sorry, we've broken the chain. However, there is a good excuse. We'll come on to it in a bit, but we were very ill. <laughs> very ill. Very busy, then very ill. Yeah, so that's our excuse. We'll come on to it, but just up front, we know we missed yeah. a week. We are aware. We apologise. But we're back. We're back in the office, back in the UK after a flat-out, flat-out week of work in... New York City. In in the arse of New York City, in Midtown. In summer New York, which, as we spoke about on the last episode, we've never really been there in the summer, and I don't think I'll go again. <laughs> I mean, we're going in, we we're going going in two weeks yeah, for yeah. another week, but um, New York was great. It was fucking hot, though, wasn't it? It was very hot. I think, yeah, I'd, I'd avoid Manhattan in that time of year. I think... Maybe maybe get away with it in June, July, and August. We're asking for trouble, aren't we? Yeah, if, I think um, not just the heat, but the you know you're walking around. The quality of the air was uh, no bueno. It was yeah. just felt heavy and gross, didn't it? Uh, us country folk. Now we yeah. we it was very noticeable. I mean, I think the day we arrived, it was like ninety two percent humidity. Yeah, it was just clammy. Oh, it was uh, yeah, it wasn't the best. I'm just looking around the office. I've had three messages from three different people about the plants, wondering if they're still alive. Really? Who the... F- who messaged you? Three people. Yeah, they are. I watered them. Because we, we nosed people about the patch plants, didn't we? So yeah. I think people are wondering, you know, we've left them unattended for 10 days now. Yeah, well, when I came in this morning, they were, you know, a bit worse wear, but now they're, they're all right. So yeah. There you go. Not to go on about patchkin, but we did buy from the unkillable section. Yeah, and yeah, they're living up to their name. Yeah, very true. They're bomb-proof. So yeah, thanks for your care. Um, other than that, yeah, it's good to be back in the office actually. Yeah, it's nice. But let's get stuck into the week we've just had. You know, we will recap. We were out there with a client of ours called iCapital. We were doing the first of two weeks in New York that we're doing, running a huge kind of company-wide offsite for them. So we had about 100, 120 people per day for three days back to back. In a hotel in the morning, we ran our keynote, a couple of workshops, and then in the afternoon, a big kind of New York-wide scavenger hunt on this app that we designed. And it's all you know, we've done this many, many times over the years, but it's all you always get the nerves the night before, don't you? Mainly because it's like, you know, will people like it? The weather, obviously, we're dependent on that. Is it going to be too hot? Will people moan? And uh, that first night, we were up probably till about midnight making last-minute changes because the group yeah. was so big. We usually run this to groups of 20, 30 people, but we had 120. Um, so, yeah, it was it, it was nerve-wracking the first night, but it was a hell of a three days, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's very different, yeah, kind of like you said, running that sort of thing for 30, 40, 50 people versus 120, 130. Um and it was like a big conference room style, you know, five screens split throughout the room and just all eyes on us from sort of nine until five every day, which is 
quite draining, isn't it? It's exhausting. You you got to be on. You can't be up there. You can't be picking your nose up there. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> not, I did. I think I did a few times. <laughs> Someone will see you. You got to be. Um, yeah, you just got to be on it. And I think that's why. I don't know about you, but for me, it felt like it got a little bit. I got a little bit more comfortable every day. Yeah, for sure. The first day was. Yeah, you just obviously you want it all to go right when technology is involved and this app is involved. There's just things that are potentially out of our control that could go wrong, uh, but it went very well. But what's interesting about these offsites is, and this was no different, and I'm sure everyone listening to this has probably been to a company offsite or a conference or whatever, and I'd say probably 90% of the people that turn up probably don't really want to be there. Definitely. Because usually these things are, it's kind of forced fun, they're a bit cringy, you're speaking to people you don't really want to speak to, and we had purposely with the clients sat people next to people they'd never met. This company's grown from 200 people to 1,000 during COVID. That's another flag for people, isn't yeah. it? So it's like, great, I'm gonna, people are turning up like, great, I'm, gonna, I'm sat next to someone I don't know, this is going to be shit. <laughs> like, there's these two British guys looking at me on stage like, I'm not into it. And that was probably the overwhelming feeling. Definitely. But this is where I think our keynote is our biggest asset because people do this on a regular basis, but they just roll into workshops as yep. a facilitator. Yeah. That must be fucking hard. I, I was going to say, I think they um, people have that dread when they come into those events because to be fair to them, more often than not, those days are quite shit. They are boring. And yeah, people maybe have the wrong attitude, but they're they're just maybe some ex-management consultant who's just rolling out, and they've got no energy. You know, they're just off a script almost that they've been doing for 30, 40 years. Um, gets a little bit dull. So yeah, having our story and our keynote up front is like a one hour of like ultimately bringing them over, bringing them from the dark side. And um, to be fair, it works really well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but you know the days were long as James said it's uh, it's literally like you're giving a stand up from 9am to 5pm like you're yeah. trying to hold people's attention and when you see you know the odd emails coming out on phones you've got to try and ramp it up a bit but overwhelming success amazing feedback we you know loads of people came up to us saying I came into this not wanting to do it and I've got something out of it which is um yeah, what what we're there for really, and we go back in a couple of weeks. We're in Lisbon with them next week as well. Yeah, it's so, very rewarding, isn't it, when you get those messages? I fucking love it. Like, it's there were a couple of times on stage where uh, you were kind of saying something, whatever, and I was looking around. I was like, this is like, we're pretty lucky to be oh, able to yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah, definitely pretty lucky. And then afterwards, everyone's like, oh wow, that's an amazing story. And it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was, wasn't it? <laughs> It's like, yes, but I'm exhausted, I said. (laughs) Feel sorry for me. I'm (laughs) tired. But no, it was, um, yeah, a real, a really good week. I mean, we were tired, weren't we? Mate, what time are we going to bed every night? Like nine o'clock? Yeah. At a push. We were, so the the day finished, we would kind of get back to the hotel at like half seven or something, eat dinner, and then we're just both absolutely zapped. And knowing that we had to do it all again the next day. That's the difference, isn't it? Because usually, probably 80% of our work, we go in, we deliver a keynote, and yeah. then we're done. Yeah. So we usually kind of go on the piss that night. Yeah, it's always a one-day thing most yeah. of the time, isn't it? Whereas like this, it was like, the thought of doing that on a hangover. No oh, possible. No possible. It is oh, no possible. My God. 
<laughs> it would be absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Luckily. Luckily, we didn't have to. We did We did get there a bit early. Early enough to visit one of Manhattan's iconic gyms. Um, oh, God, yeah. And Which was a great idea, but actually beat us up for the week that we had in uh, with work. It's a, it's a gym in Midtown called Tone House, and it's kind of like a Barry's boot camp on steroids almost. Yeah. It was pretty savage. It was... So we've done quite a few of these over the years. Yeah. It's those kind of circuits. It's a bit different to Barry's because I think Barry's is like, you've got three stations, a treadmill, yeah. a lift, and then a bag or something. Um but, you know, it was almost like CrossFit-esque. And we've done a few of them. We've done them with Nike before. And we always tend to do quite well. I think people look at us like, oh, my God, look at these fat lads. <laughs> we, we always tend to fare pretty well against um, most people. And we signed up for this class because your cousin who lives in New York recommended it. And he was doing it. Yep. So we're like, yeah, we're joined. And the guys at reception were like, it's an advanced class. Like, we don't usually let <laughs> people just join an advanced class. And we were like, mate, I... <laughs> I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Hello. Oh my God. It was advanced. It was too advanced. It was like, yeah. there were points of it. I was like, this is stupid. It was ridiculous. It was basically an exercise of 60 minutes doing as much as physically possible, burning as many calories as possible before sending you on your way. And it was things like, you know, a, a circuit. One was like the assault bike into like squat thrusters into sled pushes. But the expectation from the bloke who's taken the class, who, by the way, it was an absolute oh unit. Oh my God, what a rig. <laughs> absolute ripped up, rip city, is, um, is that you do over 500 watts on the bike and you're sprinting the sled up and down. You're not stopping and you're doing over 50 reps on these thrusters. It was just insane. And what was also mental is that some of the people in the class were actually doing that. Mate, there was... So the sled, there must have been, I think, 80, 90 kilos on that sled. <laughs> it was insane. Push it like 20 metres there, 20 metres back, and you had to do it like two, three times. Yep. I was pushing it. My, my spine was about to come out my back end. Yep. This woman next to me, she must have been 5'4", this tiny little Asian woman, <laughs> absolutely annihilated it. Yeah, she was a beast. She like lapped me twice. And then I was like, I need to fake an injury here. So I, I was there, like, stretching my hammy. You're like, oh, well, what's an old injury? <laughs> she, oh, my God, she was an animal. I think my calf came off my Achilles <laughs> at one point. But, yeah, she, she was a nutter. There are a couple of people there who look very unassuming. They do it all absolutely rapidly, hold themselves together afterwards, and then have got enough energy to cheer on people like me and you. Yeah. Like, come on, Brits. It's like, oh, <laughs> Just barely pull it, dragging myself up to do another burping. So we've already done a thousand. We were just stumbling around and was like putting the hands in and it's like, team on three, one, two, three, team. Oh, yeah. we were like, team. Oh, fuck. There were chants, weren't there? <laughs> yeah. Very American. It was very it was American. It was like a um, NFL training sort of facility. They'd like based it around and they hung banners on the wall. I don't know if you saw them of all no. the turf games, oh, okay. uh, like awards and, and medals that they'd won. So it, it was that sort of place. But yeah, just getting shouted at for an hour. It was good, like, afterwards, you kind of feel all right for about half an hour, and then your muscles start to fall apart. And it was it took us about four days to get some sort of recovery yeah. back. I haven't had doms like that since Patagonia. <laughs> I honestly was like, we could barely walk yeah. for, like, at least two or three days after. My cousin was like, 
same again next time? So I don't think so. Well, that's the thing. They were like, oh, because you're new, you get two classes for one, so you can book another free <laughs> class. Didn't book one. Like, no. no. No, thank you. Well, the only class they had available were at like 5 or 6 a.m. because we were starting early each day, which meant that we'd have had to do the full day of work <laughs> after doing that class. It was like, that's impossible. That's definitely not happening. So um, we might go again when we get back, but... Um, might just go to the hotel gym and do some bicep yeah, curls. Yeah, and just stuff. do bicep curls and call it a day. Um, Much better idea. So let's talk about Friday. So that was the day we were meant to do the podcast. We were working, yep. did those sessions, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, we had kind of a day to ourselves. We were going to go for lunch with the client and then fly back in the evening. Um, we went out Thursday night for dinner. We had a couple of drinks. We went to a restaurant that was recommended by a friend. Um, had some steak tartare couple of ribeyes, a mm. couple of drinks, went to bed, you know, not late, one-ish, and woke up, I mean, woke on, up on Friday with something yeah. very, very wrong, didn't we? It wasn't, wasn't a hangover. and I, I, I thought it was for the first 20 minutes. So yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, okay, maybe this will die down. Nah. It was, you know, and I, I, I'll say that a lot. There's definitely not a hangover when it definitely is, but this feels like... It was far too aggressive for it to, like, based on how much we drunk, which wasn't that amount, wasn't that huge amount. But maybe, I don't know, maybe there was acid in the pipes. Maybe. Or maybe the steak tartare was dodgy. I think the tartare had its final hoorah. <laughs> um, Sent us to the can-can. Yeah, because <laughs> woke up with the headache of all headaches. What's weird is we both had yeah. exactly the same symptoms. Yeah, exactly. So woke up and I, I remember sending you a message like, I'm in trouble here. And you were like, <laughs> I'm fucking on death's door. <laughs> and I was like, thank God you are as well. But then it was just vomiting for hours. Yeah. Just couldn't stop being sick. We d- were having to pack and check out, which took at least three hours to do. Because every time I stood up, I had to lie down. Yeah. Oh, and then we had all day to kill. We, the, the, lo- the client lunch cancelled, and we were just plodding around New York in 36 degrees, feeling very, very sorry for ourselves. It was such a slow burn as well, starting to feel better. But, um, oh, God, I think, yeah, the, that is what we landed on because we both had, we didn't drink the same stuff, but we both felt exactly the same. Um it's obviously a red flag. When you look back at the night before and you, you're looking at your photos and you see the picture of the steak tartare with a little a little quail's egg just, uh, <laughs> just waiting to be whisked up in and amongst it, um, it's quite easy to see what it could be. But I hope this doesn't now put us off steak tartare. Have you got anything like that, that when you were a kid? I've got one thing, which is um, rice crispy squares. Wow. That's an elite snack as well. But you know, you know the ones you get in the pack. I can't even. Yeah. I can't go near them. Really? Yeah. I can't go near them because I was what when happened? I was a kid. I was, it obviously wasn't related, but I was really sick, and that was like the last thing I ate. <laughs> oh no! So they're just off the menu now. <laughs> they're gone for me. That's a shame because they're good. Shame. Oh god! The little blue packet, those ones. Yeah, yeah I can't yeah. go near them. Yeah, um, they're a mental snack. To be Tabasco fair. kind of has that for me as well. Really? In uni, I had like a Tabasco and Sambuca shot. Ooh. And then was ill for like four days. <laughs> so Tabasco's off the off the radar. I mean, people have that with Red Bull, don't they? they yes. Even the smell of them just yeah, sends yeah, them to yeah. Jagerbomb City. And no, I, I don't really have that. I've had a lot of food poisoning in my time. 
might just have a dicky tummy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the most granddad phrase. Yeah, I know, oh, dicky tummy. I couldn't wait to say it, <laughs> but um, no, luckily, touch. I mean, tequila, but I think everyone's got that same aversion yeah, poison, to tequila. Yeah, that's just that's just a killer man. We're doing something at our wedding with tequila. No, yeah, I'm not, I won't say what it is because I think Manny will punch me in the face because I think it's a surprise, but yeah, we've yeah. got a little. Yeah, stupid, really. I'm actually going to be in the toilet at that point. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With me dicky tummy. All the tap ass has got me a dicky tummy. <laughs> What's this spicy sausage? <laughs> uh, is it, uh, chorizo, is it? Yeah, patatas bravas. <laughs> <laughs> but my God, my God, Friday was a struggle. Yeah, but, but, but the issue was... All that was going through my head that morning was because we had a flight that night. Yeah. Was Cape Town 2.0. Yes. I was like, I'm going to pass out on the flight again. I'm going to be in Albano the whole way. You had a few messages, didn't you, to not faint yeah. again? Yeah, it was like, don't faint on the flight. It was, like, it was so, so funny. It was actually traumatic, so let's stop, <laughs> let's stop <laughs> laughing at it. Low blood sugar, so yeah, please so don't who's, who's the real fucking enemy? Um, so when we got to the airport, there was, it was, there was some nerves, I won't lie. But... We had the biggest stroke of luck I think we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. So when we flew out there, we were flying business because for obvious reasons, you know, anything over six hours, you've got to fly business because otherwise you're fucked. Um, so we were checking in and it started off with bad news. So they were like, right, we booked with BA. And this is, I've seen this happen a few times in the last couple of years. So BA and American Airlines obviously share that route in they're, some form. Yeah, they're in bed, aren't they? Don't really understand how they do it. But they're like... Um, your flight is now American Airlines. However, because there's BA passengers on it, we've we've oversold the flight. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, they're going to try and boot us on to another flight or they'll downgrade us. They're like, so there's no more seats in business. They're all allocated. But there are two seats in first class. So we're going to bump you up to that. Oh my God, we flew first class. Delightful. And it was... Oh. The issue now, I've al- I'm already turned the corner on it. It was incredible, but now I'm already dreading my next long haul flight. Next economy flight. I'm not sure I can do it. It was. We won't go on about it because I'm I'd going love to. to go on about it. <laughs> we should definitely go but, on about but, it. But what what I'll say now is, you know, when you're you're flying like a normal person and you. You go, oh, Ugh. everyone in first class is so smug. I can tell you now they are. 100%. I turned into an asshole for 10 hours. Yeah, everyone else. I We got on and I took a photo of the seat and the guy next to me, an old boy, was like, oh, yeah. like, oh do you win a competition? Yeah, like, was your first yeah. time here. Like, they, he was oh, just, I'd never heard a please or a thank you. Just took the guy who was serving, lovely guy as well, yeah. um, just took him for granted, the poor man. But then maybe that's what you do when you spend an obscene amount of money on a seat. But no, it, the difference, what's the difference? The difference is the wine list is you're drinking like a hundred pound bottles of wine. Yeah, this is a 300 pound bottle of champagne. Yeah, and it's just non-stop. The menu is a la carte, so it's whenever you want, whatever you want. <laughs> Dine any time. I, <laughs> I had a lobster starter, followed by a short rib. <laughs> Uh, like 10 coffees and another glass of wine then oh anything else i'll have a gin tonic um everyone else in the first class cabin clearly does it quite a lot yes so they boarded and went to sleep immediately they didn't even have their beds made up no 
Yeah, you heard. Bed's made yeah, up. that's right. There's a Casper mattress because it's, it's a partnership with Casper. We've got a mattress topper down. I'm in my PJs within 35 seconds of getting on the flight. I'm absolutely fuming about so that. So when we got on before takeoff, we were delayed on the tarmac for a bit, which was awesome. And <laughs> we got to spend longer on the flight. And we were knackered. You fell asleep immediately. Yeah, fuming about that. <laughs> so you fell asleep. Your, your chin's on your chest. You're sat upright, you nutter. I know. <laughs> You're sat upright like, Might a as fucking, well be an economy. like an economy pig. <laughs> um, woman comes over, sir, can you know, I get you anything? So I order food. I eat food. I go put my PJs on. I go flat, lie down. Then you wake up about an hour and a half later. You're like, Whoa. <laughs> and you lean over. You're like, surely they'll be bringing food soon. I was like, ah, <laughs> I ate food two hours ago, you nutter. You're like, what? Oh, so annoying. So you're there, like, hand in the air, like, madam, <laughs> madam, I'll have the short ribs. So you then eat. But it was just amazing. Yeah, but I asked for pajamas, and she said, we don't have any. No. We can't find any. I said, how's he got some pajamas then? <laughs> So yeah, it's a, it's it is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But it's quite just a bumpy flight though. Was it? Even it was actually it was. some of it. It was a little bit bumpy. But it's just unobtainable because those flights cost. I mean, they vary, but you're looking at ten grand a ticket. Yeah, it's mental. It is it is mental. But it was it was amazing. I I was trying to think why they must have looked at us and been like. We'll just tr- see if these guys like mind, as in like we'll tell them about being upgraded or whatever. But uh, we're very lucky that we were the ones that got bumped up. That's but that's fantastic. I think it's because most people in first class seem to be on their own. Right. There was one family actually, three of them, which is just ridiculously yeah. bougie. Yeah. But everyone just seems to be on their own, and I guess because we were in a there was two seats, maybe there's bumped. Oh us yeah, up. yeah, yeah. But that was fantastic. That's what it's all about, guys. Oh my god! So it was, it was good. It was very good, and we when did we get here? We landed on the Saturday morning, didn't we? Straight into the Wimbo final. Wimbledon. Andy Murray didn't win it again. Shock. Loser. And well, I must go back on what I said last week. I, I know nothing about tennis. I don't know why I'm making claims. I was like, you know, Djokovic is going to walk it. Um, <laughs> he lost uh, <laughs> to Alcaraz. 20 years old. I've never... I don't follow tennis, as as we know. As, yeah, I know. You hate <laughs> everyone who does. But um, I did find that stat very interesting and maybe epitomises my point about tennis being boring because only four people have won Wimbledon in the last 20 years until this year. Mm. So that is mental. Over the last 20 years, since 2003, it's either been Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, Andy Murray or Novak Djokovic. Four people on repeat. But I guess you could say the same about football. It's probably only been four teams that have won the Premier League in the last 20 years. No. Who else? I'm gonna apart go, from Leicester. I'm going to go against that. Who else apart from Man City? Arsenal, Liverpool. Arsenal, when was that? 20 years? Was that 20 years ago? Yeah, the Invincibles. 12, 12 years ago. Right. Liverpool haven't won it. Have they not? Nope. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they must. Be. You're a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, am I? But yeah, I know what you mean. It's been, it's been. There's probably been about six teams. I suppose that's. Uh, but I feel like on clay and the other courts, you get some randomers winning it. There's a bit more chance of luck or something. You might get a. <laughs> you might get a Kyrgios or whatever that little Australian bloke is. <laughs> I guarantee you there's not been the same dominance in the. I don't even know the other Grand Slams. New York, Paris, I don't know. Melbourne. I don't know. 
Anyway, well done to well done to Carlos my, Alvarez. My point was he's twenty. <laughs> he's twenty. Yeah. Like, and what annoys me now is when you watch sport and they're like, you know, someone's thirty-two, and they're like, you know, he's he's still got the mind, but his body isn't there. It's like what? Yeah. I'm in the peak of my powers. It's mad, not, isn't it? I'm not. I'm still getting over fucking tone out. Tone out. I still have the pants down. That thirty is seen as old. Yeah, very old. How was LeBron? He's old, isn't he? He's nearly 40. He's still doing it. He's 39. Yeah, exactly. He spends a million dollars a year on his body. So do I. (laughs) On my teeth. (laughs) (laughs) New teeth. New lid incoming. Yeah, couple of calf implants. New tits on the way. (laughs) New tits on the way, and here I go. (laughs) How old was Radicanu when she won? Too young. Yeah, She hasn't won anything since. Is Alvarez going to be a new Radicanu? No, no, because he's world number one. Alcaraz. He's world number one. He, he was before the tournament. Again, I had no idea about that. He's mustard. Yeah. Whereas Radicanu had a blinder. Got lucky. She's been injured ever since. Sacked her coach. Yeah. And there you go. On to the next one. But she got some good deals out of it. Porsche, BA. I was going to say, she was on the BA um, safety briefing, wasn't she? Yeah. So cash in whilst you can. Put your seatbelt on. She's English, not American. <laughs> 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 right. Congratulations to uh, to Carlos then. Just, just whilst we're on the sport, golf is this week. The Open looks amazing. Rory won on the weekend, didn't we? Damn, Again, I was like, the guy's fucking the shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and wins. We're getting proved wrong, <laughs> left and right. Um, I'm not, let's not go into the golf because it is a bit boring, but what a final couple of holes. Yeah, amazing. Um, Truly amazing. The, the thing with golf, <laughs> we are going into <laughs> just, it, so just buckle up. It photographs so well, doesn't it? Yeah. It really yeah. knows how to make you want to be there. Unless you're us, and then the photographs look terrible. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't swing like that. <laughs> yeah. <so> you do. <laughs> when did I? Yeah. Um, okay, good stuff. Right, let's move on to the adventure mindset segment, and this what, is a different one. <laughs> what a story we've got this week. This is a different approach. You found it on uh, on Instagram, so I'll let you lead lead the charge on uh, on Harrison O'Keeney. So I'm gonna paint. <laughs> I'm gonna paint the picture. We are on a towboat. 20 miles off the coast of Nigeria. We are towing an enormous oil tanker when the weather picks up and disaster strikes. The boat gets capsized and sinks to the bottom of the ocean with 12 passengers or crew on board. 11 of them die. This boat goes 30 meters down in this storm. 11 drown. Harrison (laughs) Okini. That sounds like he's Irish. He's it not. Does, he's not Oh, Kenny. Uh, was the lone survivor because Harrison was on the can during this capsize. <laughs> he was in the banyo. He was minding his own business, playing Wordle, I imagine. Probably. Boat flips, sinks, um, and it hits the bottom, and he finds an air pocket on this boat and sits there for three days. In complete darkness, just sat with his head above water in this air pocket for three days, 72 hours. <laughs> what is going through his head? That's ridiculous. Did three he stay on the can? Like, as in, it was in the can? No, no, he got out of the can. Oh, okay. He got out of the can. My God. So, when he got out of the can, the boat hadn't flooded yet. It was just sinking as an air pocket, basically. Got out of the can, was walking on the ceiling. Uh, got into the officer's cabin, apparently. Was looking for everyone. Couldn't find anyone. Um, and then the boat flooded and he got stuck in that room. That is absolutely insane. 
And how deep was it? 30 metres, which is deep. That's really deep. Right. That's probably... You ain't getting back to No, the I was going to say, you hold your breath. You yeah. do so well to get up there. Uh, well, you get the bends as well. And then you get up there and you're like, oh no, I'm in the middle of this. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to drown now. It's probably the best case scenario for, for Harrison. Like I, I, I saw the video and it's like a dive crew have gone down there. They've got like a GoPro on their chest and it's like really murky. You can hear the audio. He's being guided around by obviously someone who's like on the rescue boat. And just all of a sudden, it's so <laughs> freaky. You just see this bloke's hand come out. <laughs> he's like waving his hand. He just grabs this guy. And, and you can hear the commentary. The guy's like, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, my God. There's actually someone down there. And then you're like, surfaces. He must just be like... Because I guess he's got no idea. Like, if he might think he's still bobbing. He might think he's... I mean, what... The thing is, it's pitch black. Yeah, exactly. Like, what is going through your head? You don't know where you are. You don't know how much time is passing. <laughs> Like he's got no food. I don't know what he drank. Don't know how he survived. Yeah, because, yeah, three days is a long three time. Three days is a long, long time. That is absolutely amazing. And then, yeah, they were, they, the, the, those divers are rescuing bodies. That's why they went down there. Oh, my God. To rescue the dead bodies. And then a fucking hand grabs the diver. I'm surprised the diver didn't die. Yeah, as you say, <laughs> pure shock. shock. But Harrison survived. That's, Get in there, Harrison. Yeah, what a... Over the moon. There's a keynote in there somewhere. I mean, what have you learned from that? It's like, when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> Always sit on the can. Because that's... Oh, my God. What happened to the oil tanker? Carried on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as they do. That's absolutely... I can't believe it. Off the coast of Nigeria as well. I can't imagine the rescue was rapid. No. Well, three days. They knew they'd sunk, and it still took three days to go and get them. And they're only 20 miles off the coast. A little bit bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So should we get them? It's like, nah, they're, they're all dead. Yeah. They're all dead. It's like, but Harrison, he's a real fighter. Nope. No he's chance. A fighter. No, no, he had food poisoning. And then I read that um, they told all the families that they're all dead, but they couldn't get hold of his wife because she'd lost her mobile. No. Yeah, right. She's with the gardener. No. Yeah. Harrison. Like, Poor Harrison's bloke. Harrison's Why is he calling me? Yeah, so... The story continues. Um, That's fascinating. Another one to mention in the ocean. Yeah. Or not actually the ocean, in In, water. In the open water. Big, uh, and he is big, Ross Edgley. That guy is a beast. If you don't know who Ross Edgley is, you probably do. He's a uh, specimen of a bloke who, what was the first thing he did? Swam around the UK? Swam around the UK. Without touching land. Hundreds of days. Yeah. That is, yeah. So he's a swimmer ultimately, but he's, trying to set the record for the longest ever lake swim. Um, I, I thought it was open water swim, but it is, it is lake swim. Anyway, the record is 171 kilometers, which is 106 miles of swimming, which is mental. Um, without, he, without stopping. Without stopping, yeah. So he can take food and water, but they have to just throw it at him. He can't right. touch the boat or anything. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I guess you just go to the toilet in your wetsuit, do you? Yeah, well, I think he stops and pulls them down. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, yeah, actually. Yeah, like, you collect a hell of an yeah, amount so on you after just, three days. Like, you should stop shitting. It's like, <laughs> oh, sorry, a bit late. God, it's warm in here. Um, and this is his second attempt. So he did it, he tried to do it in a lake in Scotland, and he got uh, hypothermia, basically, because it was too cold. Um, so he went to the Italian lakes to try on a massive lake over there, and... 
unfortunately. Got yeah, too hot. <laughs> yeah, which actually is still called hypothermia because the same symptoms happen. Your core body temperature drops to try and keep you alive. Ooh. So he's had hypothermia basically twice. One from it being too cold, one from it being too, too hot. And he's had to... Um, yeah, so he had to stop at 70 kilometers. So, which is still such a long way to swim, but mentally is 100 kilometers short of the target. Wow. But there, there's like a documentary coming out on Netflix, I think. It's like Gymshark and some other protein. It's interesting. He's it. really getting into this whole swimmer vibe. Isn't he is, he? isn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. A bit odd because, I mean, the guy's. Probably has the best rig on the planet. He doesn't look like a swimmer, does he? No. He used to be a water polo player. Did he? Which is why he's good at swimming. Right. Makes sense. But, you know, he, this guy hangs out with Chris Hemsworth, like trains with him. Like, yeah. He is the ultimate specimen of a bloke. Yeah. The opposite looking of most swimmers. Yeah. He's short and stocky, isn't yeah. he? Instead yeah. of long. Um, lung boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like most swimmers. But, uh, yeah, he's really going after the swimming. Fair enough. He is an animal. Yeah. An absolute animal. Just seems to have this another gear when it comes to endurance. Yeah, so uh, that must be gutting. Ugh. I don't know, like did I guess he I guess he gives it another crack, doesn't he? He's gonna have to, isn't he? He's got a deal with Netflix. I think so. We've got window cleaners <laughs> here. Window cleaners are here. Fucking hell, I didn't know they hap- that happened. <laughs> Included in the package. Don't forget the top ones, lads. Right, on that note then, should we wrap up? Yeah, let's um Let's wrap up. We will be back next week. Um, we are actually in Lisbon next week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So maybe it'll be a bit delayed. Slightly delayed, I reckon. But we'll have some stories from Lisboa for you all. Um, so look forward to that. And yeah, Sorry we're a week late. But we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Ciao, ciao.